Have you been feeling a little undisciplined lately? Let's take a look at that in episode seven. Welcome to Happily Ever Active, where we crack the consistency code with fitness tips on motivation, mindset, and much, much more. Now, here's your host, author of Feel Like It, and the guy with the silent O, Kelly Dell. Welcome to episode number seven. My name is Kelly. I think this week I've cooked up some intriguing food for thought for you, so welcome aboard. Before I get into the topic and to the theme of the week, I wanted to share a couple of encouraging comments that I've received about the show so far. Dollars to Donuts has commented, I like how he connects culture to our mindset and our mindset to our decisions about fitness. It's thought-provoking. I have news for you. We're going to do more of that this week. Becky Rue wrote, Informative and motivating without being preachy. I feel like he's talking directly to me. And Jets Fan writes, A stimulating listen and triggers plenty of reflection. So thank you for those very encouraging comments. They match a lot of my intentions for the show. And if you are so inclined, please rate and review the show. That lets the internet passersby know this is worth a check-in, worth a peek. All right, so this week's show has a familiar style to it. I'm going to put myself into the ring with a popular concept we hear and read about a lot in fitness today. And as usual, all of this will lead to a question for you that I think will give your mindset a reset, particularly if your routine has sputtered or even stagnated lately. So if you feel like you've been slipping through the cracks while others are crushing it, I think today's episode can help you make sense of why that might be happening. At the very least, I hope it will help you to stop blaming yourself as much for all of this struggle. If you recall, in an early episode, I confessed my love affair with etymology, which is the study of the origin of words. I'm super intrigued with how, as a society, we deploy language. And with this geekery, I've bumped into some words and phrases that have been, I think, hijacked to our disadvantage. And it just so happens that fitness culture is full of these words and phrases. And also, if you recall, my philosophy on lifestyle change is that culture, including the meaning of language and how we deploy it, affects our mindset towards fitness and our bodies. And ultimately, that mindset influences the methods we take to get and stay active. So culture influences our mindset and our mindset influences ultimately our decisions. Those decisions really, really matter to whether our fitness journey is a sustainable one or not. But for now, to use an example, a quick example, we use some very vague, nondescript terms on a daily basis. Some are buzz phrases produced by marketers that hold little meaning unless they're really contextualized. Take the word success, for example. Everyone wants to be successful, and there are thousands and thousands of books on success in business success in relationships, success in sport, success in fitness even. But the question you always have to ask is, what is the definition of success? Who's deciding what success is? As I organized myself for today, I thought, maybe I should hold back on the linguistic gymnastics. Maybe I shouldn't challenge convention this week. Let's not go there this week. But then I thought of all the people I've spoken with, I've worked with, or that I interviewed for my book, who've treaded water in this sea of language that I think has really mucked up their mindset towards physical activity. The conversation, the general conversation that begs to be had now is about that link I just mentioned between culture, mindset, and methods. 
there's a layer to our collective inactivity problem that needs more recognition. I liken all of this to the bottom layer of a lasagna. You know the one I'm talking about. The very bottom. It's that sheet of pasta that everything else rests on. Everyone focuses on the other layers, and some never get past the sparkle. I guess it's not really the sparkle. The glisten of that top layer, that surface layer, where all that cheese is and all that good stuff. So that bottom layer is really important, even though it's not really always that sexy. So let's dive in and nibble away at that. Actually, I'll start with a messy bite with this opening point. To steal a hyperbolic term used in politics a lot these days, some language has been weaponized purposefully to make you feel inadequate, embarrassed, or disempowered in order to sell you stuff. This is not something that's really new to our consumer culture, so I'm not pretending that this is news. Some use language in this way not because they're bad people, but because this is what you do. This is business. Using language to poke your pain points, like you feeling ashamed of your body or feeling guilty for being inactive, is just what you do. That's the way that business works. This little pain-poking game creates ideal customers, and I know you know what I'm talking about. So language can really matter to our mindset, and this pain-poking culture and all the language that comes with it plays a huge role in this. And in episode three called Fitness as a Relationship, I explain how fitness has been branded as some sort of finish line or outcome, mostly to do with how we look or some sort of measurement. But if we take fitness in a direction that I think has more of your best interests at heart, fitness is merely a relationship, something that requires nurturing over time. And currently, we don't learn the skills. We don't learn skills to create a sustainable routine and an active life because fitness is about fast, measurable, visible results first, above anything else. To heck with sustainability. Another concept that deserves similar scrutiny to how fitness has been branded is discipline. Because under the pain game, where your pain gets poked to get you going, you get locked in a physically painstaking routine that you don't really like, and when you quit, you get tangled in a mentally painful failure state, complete with the shame and guilt I've been mentioning so far. In this sense, discipline has taken on a pretty toxic meaning. So let's place that under the heat lamp today. Because after all, this is about you and your journey. And if you spent any time in the fitness trenches at all, you'll have run into a certain mindset that very likely you found frustrating, like millions of other people. Today's popular depiction of discipline has played, I think, a negative part in all of that. So with that said, let's nibble away at that layer, the concept of discipline. A popular position is that the secret to an active life is discipline, to stay disciplined. In a twisted adjunct to this position, another variation has gained a lot of traction in the last few years, that to live an active lifestyle, you don't need motivation. You just need more discipline. And let me be clear on what this means for your mindset, that you don't need motivation, you need more discipline. The way that discipline is interpreted today, and I'll get into that a little bit more in a second, this position implies that how you feel shouldn't matter. Ignore how you feel. When it comes to active living and establishing a sustainable routine that you will reap the benefits that all these experts are talking about, how you feel definitely matters. 
Absolutely. And I'm not simply pulling that out of my rear end. The research is overwhelming in this regard. Yet there's still these memes that circulate that say motivation is fleeting, discipline is reliable, or discipline will get you farther than motivation ever will, that sort of stuff. In the name of a sustainably active lifestyle, these maxims are a big problem. I've said before that we can endure things we don't like and use willpower for a little while, but it certainly is not a viable long-term strategy. See, I think it's the proliferation of militarism in fitness culture that's led us to this sort of corner of the fitness discourse where war-based metaphors are now common. And I think also part of this discipline is more important than motivation comes from the role that professional and elite sport has taken in the fitness discourse too. And what we have to remember here is These are completely different performance domains, particularly when you're talking about sustainable lifestyle change. Now, you might be interested in challenging yourself in similar ways, and that's fine, but elite performance is typically unsustainable, almost by definition. There are some side effects, unhealthy side effects to pushing ourselves to the max and trying to keep the pedal down for as long as possible. And there's long-term side effects to this that can harm a person's relationship with physical activity and their bodies. There's a lot of things that we don't really discuss to do with high performance and a militaristic approach to fitness that I would argue they're not in your best interests. But you have to remember, again, these are different performance domains, so navigate carefully. Today's culture, for better or for worse, is heavily influenced by military and elite sport, which makes it no wonder why most people mistakenly turn fitness into some sort of fight or flight thing. That mindset is often deemed noble and heroic and is often revered. And again, the history of fitness is inextricably linked to war preparation. So I suppose this association was inevitable. And again, to be clear, I'm not saying it's wrong. So if this sounds like you and you're at this point going, well, this podcast really isn't for me. That's fine. I'm not judging you. If it works for you, that's great. If you can make it work for you, that's great. If making fitness a fight helps you show up over and over again, I won't judge that. I can't. If you're happy or happiest in survivor mode and accept the risk of the revolving door or you're fine with booming in and busting out of fitness, then again, that's totally fine. That's not my position and that's not what I help people navigate. That's not my work. So the question is, what about you? What is your work? Is that something that sounds attractive to you? Does following that approach appeal to you? Has it appealed to you in the past? If you are now an official follower of the podcast and the content has resonated so far, I'm going to guess that you're pretty tired of that war, of that pain game. So let's get back to discipline and the notion that this war supports that how you feel doesn't matter. Remember that? So a couple of questions come to mind right away. Doesn't how you feel affect your commitment to something? How loyal do you ever stay to something that feels awful? And once again, Don't take this from me. I'm just a messenger here. This is what the research on motivation and exercise adherence has said for some time. So when someone says discipline or willpower is more important than motivation, the research doesn't back that up. That's not an evidence-based position. Now, clearly, I can't simply toss the concept of discipline completely in the trash and say you don't need it. Remember, I started out saying we need to examine its conventional use. And as I've clearly hinted, 
you won't be surprised that discipline has taken on this meaning that might not be serving you. So let's dig back into that hunk of lasagna, shall we? It starts with an easy question. What does the word discipline even mean? I'm going to read this straight from dictionary.com. Discipline, the practice of training people to obey rules or a code of behavior using punishment to correct disobedience. Within this definition is something extremely important to our mindset. I don't know if you heard it. Who is setting the code of behavior? Why do we keep getting told to suck it up or stay obedient to this code? In general, this definition makes you or treats you as a submissive subject to some sort of game with rules that you had no say in creating. Now, again, I'm going to go back to what I mentioned earlier. If these rules, if staying disciplined to what exists so far is motivating, meaningful, that's great. But there's only, in my experience, a certain percentage of people, and it's not a very big one, that that really works for. So what about the rest of us? What is the other option? We don't really talk about the other option. When you're in the military, and I've never been, and I'm not going to be, you don't have much of a choice in this regard, do you? You signed up to obey the rules, a set of rules. In the workplace, you must stay disciplined to a set of rules or lose your job. And in general society, as another example, you must stay disciplined to laws or risk being fined or even jailed. There's some type of higher authority that imposes this code. This also happens in fitness, even though physical activity is one of the freest choices that we can make. You are the general. You are the CEO. You're the police. You're in charge. I sometimes think we're so used to trying to stay in line that we are quite willing to hand over this freedom to experts or to businesses, to professionals, even though we've always been, as a species, physically active. And there's value in that to a large degree. Absolutely. Again, I don't chastise fitness culture, or sorry, I don't chastise the fitness industry completely, even though I'm critical of it. There's lots of value. There's lots of great support and many resources that can help augment your fitness journey. I will always concede that there are great people, and I know them. There are great people. There are great businesses. There are great products that the fitness industry has generated that can really make your fitness journey more sustainable and more enjoyably sustainable. But remember, if, if today's fitness culture is mostly informed by consumerism and industry and marketing, It's easy to make decisions about fitness that don't serve us because we're starting off at a point where we get treated as consumers. And that usually comes with having a pain point exposed. It can be very hard to get a sense of what is in your best interest, especially in the long term, since industry is so focused on creating fast, mostly unsustainable results. That's just baked into fitness culture today. And okay, I know this comes across as highly cynical. I told you that I take many critical positions on fitness culture and the fitness industrial complex, but hear me out as I gnash my teeth into the last delicious slab of lasagna here. We keep disciplining ourselves to things that do not fit us. And what's worse, we blame ourselves when things don't work out. There's a line in my book, which is really a symbolic act of rejecting this approach that doesn't serve us. Instead of blaming yourself for this twisted system, Not a band. Twisted sister joke there. 
Maybe it's time to break up with this mindset and say, it's not me, it's you. It's not the player, it's the game. So here's the definition of discipline once more. Discipline is the practice of training people to obey rules or a code of behavior using punishment to correct disobedience. I don't know if this sounds like you, but I know a lot of people who cling to a code of behavior that is completely incompatible with who they are. If they're a creative person, lighthearted person, they get locked into serious and overly intense physical activity. So this brings me to today's question of the week. I promise that there's going to be a question. Does the code you're following truly feel like yours or do you feel like you're following someone else's code? Now for the final piece, there's one little bite left on our plate, one little piece of lasagna. As the definition states, the concept of discipline today is associated with punishment. Discipline in fitness is again construed as ignoring how you feel, if not creating aversive experiences. I believe that this is indicative of fitness's extremely long relationship with preparing stoic soldiers. Without rejecting the idea that there is no war, it's 100% okay for fitness to be likable, enjoyable, and meaningful. Self-discipline will always be self-punishment. And that'd be fine if it worked. If self-punishment worked. The self-sacrificing willpower way is ineffective. You know this. Your history your history shows this. I'm sure of it. It's just not a viable long-term strategy. But also, tell me, do you really want physical activity to be about self-punishment? Whether that's punishing yourself for what you've eaten or punishing yourself for not being as active as you have liked to be. But that's what happens when we don't truly and freely choose the code we are sticking to. The default code is one of self-punishment. And that's what happens when we don't take charge. We don't become our own general, our own CEO. All right, let's step off of my soapbox here for a second. Take a little step back. Can the codes of behavior, which often show up in these memes and these online adages, can one of these codes yield a strong, uh, resonating relationship with physical activity? Absolutely. I've interviewed people who found the most pleasure and a lot of meaning by doing vigorous training. And they can sustain it. And they love it. I know people who love super intense competitive fitness. But remember, it's okay if you don't. It's way okay if you don't. You're not a bad person. You're not lazy. For them, that challenge has meaning and purpose. It is resonating. That's them. It doesn't have to be you. So let's decouple. Let's split apart Discipline and punishment. A positive approach to self-discipline must work with you and who you are, not against you. Life's too short to toe the line, in my opinion, and stay disciplined to a journey or a code that doesn't feel like our own. Life's too short. So instead of following someone else's idea of how fitness should feel for you to be doing it quote-unquote right, let's think more about how fitness could feel and the experiences that reflect that for you. With that, thanks again for your ear. Please follow the show on Instagram or on Facebook. And as usual, here's to living happily ever active.
this episode of Happily Ever Active has ended, but be sure to subscribe for more content on the mental side of fitness. Oh, and don't forget to rate and review the show. See you next time.